Our business strategy right now is to focus on women's football for the yeah. for the first year or two and yeah. really solidify the community of professional female footballers. Right. But we always love to speak with any professional female athlete and hear their story. Yeah. Um, but right now we're really focused on on women's football and really getting that community extremely strong so yeah. that then we can have a strong enough community to then branch out to other sports. Um, but I Hi everyone and welcome back to the Sporting World Podcast and first of all happy new year as well it's, we're starting this off you know with a podcast with Luca this uh, Luca first of all thanks for taking the time and happy new year how's how's everything going thank you guys for having me you guys have had some amazing people on the podcast as I've seen so I'm just thankful that you guys invited me on Absolutely. Well, it's a pleasure having you here and we're going to dive a little bit into, you know, what you're doing these days, your career, you know, what, what are some of the tips and insights you have from the sport industry, uh, some, some cool things you're working on, you know, both on and off the field. But first of all, I know you're currently based in Paris, you know, talk a little about that. Like how's, how's life in Paris? I know you're a Bay Area girl. So how's, how's, how's the change up, you know, being in Paris these days? Well, Paris is amazing. I can't complain. Like we've talked about earlier, Paris is Paris. Um, it's a beautiful city. And yeah, I'm I'm loving the city so far. There's a lot of things to do, so I don't I don't get bored. That's that's awesome. And how's your French? Oof. Um <laughs> putting it on the spot good. here. <laughs> it's not good. Like at this point, I understand a good lot, yeah. but the accent that they have is just is so difficult it's just right. so like specific yeah. you know and i i can't i can't get it yet all right but you'll get there you'll get there yeah takes time but but why don't we why don't we start a little bit about you know just talk a little about you know your journey in the sport industry you know just take how how your passion you know for for soccer you know football all started for you and and a little bit about your journey in the sport industry so far I mean, as a player, as a football player, I've been playing since I can remember, <laughs> probably like since the age of three. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm half Spanish, so in European culture, I mean, I think in in culture that's not in the U.S., football is massive and it's everything. Like right. they say, football es vida. Yeah. And so I, I just grew up in the household where football es vida so right. i started playing right. when i was really really little and i played two years in barcelona with boys nice. and i just grew up always with the ball at my feet and so i think at a young age i just fell in love with the sport and i knew for a long time that i wanted to to play professionally that's awesome and and now you know that journey is taking you all the way and to, to, to France and Paris, and obviously you're, you're a professional player in France. So talk a bit about, you know, how you ended up in France. How has your experience been, you know, playing professionally abroad as well? Because obviously you've been kind of rooted up a little bit in the U.S. soccer culture. So how, how was that kind yeah. of transition, you know, coming to Europe and, and, and how has it been so far? So I started my professional football career in Spain, actually, in Sevilla. I signed my first professional contract with Sevilla FC and there it was just a massive change for me because I grew up playing in the States and right. I've always loved um, European football culture. 
and I've just was a massive and still am massive Barca fan. And so I always knew I wanted to play in La Liga. And and when I had the chance to play, to go to Spain and play for Sevilla FC, I was just like, this is it. Like, (laughs) um, so happy. And so I played a few games in in Spain, played against Barca, which was a dream come true. And I started to get minutes and start to get rhythm. And then unfortunately, I, I had a big injury, tore my ACL, I tore my meniscus. And unfortunately, this injury is just like extremely prevalent right now in in women's football. We still don't really know exactly why, but like you see it everywhere now. Yeah. And um, this injury, it took a long time to heal. Like I'm still healing from it. But um, I went from Sevilla to the Canary Islands and played for Tenerife. Mm -hmm. And I played there for around six months, but I was still kind of like, on my path to my knee recovery right and so I wasn't fully healed and I needed like at least a year to feel like a footballer again to get rhythm sure. Um, sure. and just kind of feel more or less normal or like how I did before yeah and given depending on your injury you, you might not ever feel exactly the way you are you yeah. were before but it's just kind of learning how to play with your new knee, you know? And I had this amazing opportunity to come to Paris and do just that and play every game and play 90 minutes. And so that kind of led me to France from Spain. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, you know, you never know when that big injury happens, right. And it's kind of like the, the, the risk of any any professional athlete in in sports out there, right. So an ACL is definitely a, it's a big, it's a big hit. So it's, uh, I sure it was both a, a physical and mental challenge that you had, yeah, to, definitely, had to overcome definitely. there. But, but of course, like, I'm sure you enjoyed your time in, in Spain, nonetheless, kind of coming a little bit back to the roots and now, you know, to, yeah. to, to, to colder, I would say at least a little bit colder, colder France, <laughs> Paris, but, uh, but I'm still, I'm sure you're still enjoying it. So, Talk a little bit about, obviously, you're also the founder of Divine Time Agency. So talk a little bit about how that project came to life and a little bit about the key purpose behind it. Yeah, so I think when I was small, I had this vision of when you're a professional and you you make it, you just really make it, you know? And And it's almost like when I was small, I was comparing myself to these male players, like the players yeah. that played for Sevilla or Barca or you know the top leagues and I was like wow when I make it you know I'm gonna I'm gonna not have to worry about anything else and I can concentrate on football and and my family is gonna be taken care of you know and I knew that it necessarily wasn't gonna be to that grandiose extent sure but I didn't necessarily know how much of a struggle it would actually be to be a professional female footballer yeah and and it's unfair. There's a lot of injustice. Um, I think we not only struggle financially, obviously there's a big disparity in in the paycheck. Sure. Um, but I think it, it's bigger than that. There's a lack of visibility. There's a mm-hmm. lack of financial security that doesn't allow for female athletes to have mental support if they need it. Right. Um, there's just a lot of things that are lacking that we need to push to be better. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly how divine time came about. That's, we're fighting for we're fighting for these things to change, and we believe that um it needs to change. 
So, so talk a bit about kind of, you know, I guess some, some, some of those elements that you saw, you know, both in the U S you know, being in Spain, being in France, like, like what are some of the, the, the differences, what are some of the challenges, what are some of the things that kind of stood out to you that kind of like verified, yeah, okay, we gotta, we gotta do something here with this project. I mean, I think a, a great story that I, I like to share is that in Sevilla, um, me and my best friend, Tony, we would be training and it would be raining. It would be pouring down in Sevilla. And we, after training, we would have to get on our bicycle, bike 10 minutes to go to the metro station. Yeah. And then from the metro, take an hour metro back home. Right. While the male players that were leaving the same exact facility as us were driving out in their Lamborghini, their Maserati, their Ferrari. And yeah. I think it was at that moment where I'm like hood up, like I'm biking. I'm like already tired from practice, bro. Like, yeah. and I'm just seeing these guys like driving past us. And yeah. I'm just like, wow, the difference. It's yeah. not even like a this and this. It's just right. like, right you know that's it right and so i think that's one of the stories that i like to tell just because it's it's almost it's almost laughable at that right. point because right. we're we're in the same club we're in the same facility and i think that just kind of shows just the tremendous difference mm. yeah no it makes make, makes total sense and obviously you know it's being there you know physically seeing that and just kind of experiencing that firsthand is it's, it's you know just kind of elevates it's like well that's <laughs> you kind of like get kicked a little bit in the face there i, I guess in a sense you know yeah, definitely. but um but but also like you know from it did you see kind of like going to paris and france as well like do you see kind of like the same kind of challenge struggles there or have you seen like any any differences in terms of how things have been i mean i think i think this is a global issue yeah. across and and not only just women's football but across all like, female sports, whether that's the WNBA, whether that's professional volleyball. Um, and I've had the pleasure of speaking to so many different professional female athletes across the industry. Right. And it's so interesting that we all have such similar stories of going mm -hmm. through the same struggle. Right. And I don't think that it necessarily matters what sport or yeah. where you are it's right. it is the same struggle unfortunately unless yeah. you are at the very one percent even there there's there's right. a big discrepancy but um i think for over 95 percent of professional female athletes it's a very similar story right and and in your project do you do you focus specifically on talking with the you know, football players, soccer players, or, or do you kind of branch out and, and talk with, you know, all kind of female athletes about this? Our business strategy right now is to focus on women's football for the, yeah. for the first year or two and yeah. really solidify the community of professional female footballers. Right. But we always love to speak with any professional female athlete and hear their story. Yeah. Um, but right now we're really focused on on women's football and really getting that community extremely strong so yeah. that then we can have a strong enough community to then branch out to other sports. Um, but I, I think right now women's football, there's a lot of things that need to change there. And I think a mistake would be trying to do a million different things at once. Sure. Yeah, no, it makes 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 a lot of sense. 
and and obviously you you've been obviously very proactive uh you know since you were young obviously as an athlete but also uh, during your time uh, being a student athlete at uc berkeley you you created cal sports marketing club talk about you know that initiative the challenge as the student athletes and the transition into you know becoming a sport business professional yeah i think at the cal sports marketing club i created that club because again lack of resources i felt like as a student athlete there were so many student athletes that weren't well equipped um, to enter the workforce after they're done with the sport yeah and so it was during COVID and also I wanted to kind of, again, bring a community together. I think that's super similar to what I'm doing at Divine Time is, is right. bringing community together. Yeah. And yeah. What's, the, what's super important about this is like, it's not something that I can do alone or want sure. to do alone. You sure. know, it's something that I, I, had, I saw kind of an issue for, but yeah. it's bringing people together that also see this issue and want to push to change that. Right. So at the Cal Sports Marketing Club, I realized again, like I said, that student athletes weren't well well equipped to enter the workforce. They were, you know, were extremely. When you're a student athlete, you're extremely focused on your sport, and you you almost like are kind of told to just focus on your sport, right? Right. And and with that, you know, there's not a lot of um, preparation for interviews. There's not like a LinkedIn prep, you don't really know how to navigate all these different things that, that you need to know. Yeah. And so we created this to help student athletes with that, as yeah. well as um, have the best of the best in the sports business industry in the Bay Area, be guest speakers, right. and have a kind of a mentorship there. That's great. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's, I, I guess, this is also a common problem as a student athlete in general in the US, you know, it's not just in, in, in Cal or at UC Berkeley alone, you know, it's a general problem. And, and I think, you know, obviously the NCAA has gotten their fair share of <laughs> feedback on, on this as well. And so it's really great, obviously, having these, you know, kind of initiatives uh, coming up. And at the end of the day, you know, you have to have, you know, people like yourself, you know, taking that initiative. And if not, you know, Usually things often stand stand still. So so that's obviously an extremely important part. But looking into kind of you know that you know coming abroad, what what differences and similarities have you seen among you know the student athletes and professional players abroad when it comes to you know some of these challenges that you've been talking about in terms of you know struggling with transitioning into you know becoming a sport business professional uh, and so forth. I think a big similarity is probably lack of resources again. Yeah. I think um, one of the big things that we try to do at Divine Time is helping women utilize their name, image, and likeness and market themselves in the best of their capabilities yep. so that then we can help them find brand partnerships, brand collab deals, right. um, sponsorships, et cetera. But a lot, of, uh, a lot of players don't even know where to start. Right. right. And I think it's really difficult to to start and navigate that without any tools. Mm. I think that's super similar to the Cal Sports Marketing Club. Um, and now with student athletes being able to use their name, image and likeness, yeah. um, you need more resources and you need help because you don't really know. Again, you don't really know where to start. You don't really know what to do. And it's not a forte for a lot of people. It wasn't definitely wasn't my forte. Yeah. And so. 
I think that's that's a huge similarity. Yeah. No, hundred percent. So, so we've been obviously, you know, going quite hard on the challenges here, and and, and yeah. I like to have more of a positive, <laughs> positive yeah. thing. So, let let's talk a little bit about like what are some of the good things that you've seen that has you know changed that it's like you know actually you know okay things are heading a little bit in the right direction. What are some things you've seen both from like obviously the nil you know name image you know likeness is obviously you know big part of that, but also you know in terms of you know more resources among you know female soccer players and, and clubs like what are some good things you've seen recently or in the in the last few years I mean I think women athletics in the in the industry in general has grown tremendously and it's yeah. extremely positive right um, and I think that that is the reason why the, it, there's amazing opportunity and timing for divine time because yeah of, because women's sports is now such a great business opportunity Yep. Um, you're seeing more games being televised. You're seeing attendance skyrocket. I mean, uh, you're seeing FC Barcelona teams sell their men's stadium crazy. out <laughs> back to back. Like there's amazing things happening and there's a, there's a lot of positives. And um, it's not to say that it hasn't gotten better because it definitely has, yeah. but it's not good enough. Right. right, right. And, I, and I think that, that is a positive to be able to have conversations like this and be able to speak on the things that need changing. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that it needs to be a conversation where it's like, oh, Dan, like that's kind of a downer or like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel like it's, it's a super positive thing that we're even speaking about this because sure. 10 sure. years ago, it wasn't even part of a conversation. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. it was just, um, like, I think we're innately taught to just be grateful that we can even play, that right. we, we even, that there even is this professional or yeah. a profession of being a professional female athlete, right? Right. And I think the positive now is like, well, wait, you know, we deserve more. We can push for more yeah. and, um, and we should. So I think that's, that's a big positive. So let, let's talk about life, you know. Maybe one or two things that you would like to see getting pushed, you know, in the in the coming years. Like, what are some one two key things that you think would really help, you know, women, female athletes, football athletes, you know, moving forward in this in the challenge that you're facing? I mean, I definitely think more visibility, yeah. more games need to be televised, um, more stories need to be shared. I think. In terms of televisation, there's not so much we can do as a marketing agency to to put them on the TV per se, but <laughs> yeah. um, we definitely want to push that message out. Right. And then in terms of storytelling, that's kind of where we come in and and we want to emphasize on storytelling of these amazing professional female athletes that. Right come from all these different backgrounds that come from all these different countries and yeah. go through so much to yep. be so strong and and play in the World Cup, play in the Olympics. I mean, there's so many beautiful stories that need to be shared. And so I think that's that's kind of what we're trying to do on our in our platform and push that. Yeah. No, that's that that's great. And and finally, finally here though, I just wanted to ask you one more one more question or technically it's almost almost two, but if you wanted to provide some tips, you know, that you have for student athletes looking to get a career in the sport industry, like how can you begin this process process already as a student athlete? Meaning obviously, you know, if you want to be a sport business professional, a sport professional one day. 
I mean, I think you hear this a lot, but networking, networking, <laughs> networking, networking, like people say this a lot. And it's like, it, a lot of times it's about who you know, and it's not necessarily that it's about who knows you. Yeah. And it's getting your name out there and not being afraid to try and connect with people and have conversations and be a sponge to mm -hmm. people that you look up to and you want to be. Um, so for me, I do a lot of a lot of time on LinkedIn, reaching out to a million different people. Right. And it, that's not to say that everyone's going to answer. And I think right. a lot of people are um, are shy to do that or or they don't want to necessarily bother somebody who might be super busy right um, or they feel a little bit let down because they reached out to a couple people and these people didn't respond yeah. right. but it's about you being um almost annoying to the sense like <laughs> where you just you just keep you know keep messaging the right people and and yeah. one or two people are going to respond and those two people might then help you out so much and be great mentors to you Right. And so I think it's just that putting yourself out there and, sure. and being a sponge. Yeah, no, it makes, makes total sense. And I mean, like, uh, just to kind of add on to it or follow up on that is, is literally, you know, don't forget to follow up, you know, because yeah. sometimes, you know, maybe, I mean, like, I, I know myself too, I, I, I get caught up in this where I'm like, I, I, I see a message and then I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll get back to that. And then I just, you yeah, know, exactly. be like, you know, everything happening. So like, if somebody follows up, I'm like, oh yeah, right. Right, right, right. You know, I'll I'll take care of it. So exactly. it's not always, you know, that maybe maybe they forget or maybe, you know, things come up, right? So they kind of, you know, it, it happens, right? So it's just being on top of things, you know, and be be yeah. active as you were saying. And I also think that business professionals love somebody who is persistent, to be honest. Yeah. Like I have gotten that a lot where um I've reached out, somebody has reached back out. And then like we talk about, sometimes they don't see or they're busy and they forget to respond. Right. I'm the type, like if you'll reach out one time and you're willing to have the chat, yeah. I'll ask you like, yo, are you free next week, two weeks from now, like a right. month from now? And then it happens because right. you're persistent with it. And at the end of the day, I think one of the biggest feedbacks, like positive feedbacks that I get is like, that you're super persistent and I think that shows great initiative and ambition. 100%. So I would say, like you said, the follow-up. Extremely important. Well, with that, Luca, I would like to, you know, thank you so much for, for taking the time, you know, for sharing your story, your insights, and of course, wish you all the best for the new season. Uh, like, do, do you, are you mid-season now or like, how is that working? Yes, I'm, I'm yeah. mid-season. I'm going to be done um, in the summer. Summer is always my one month of break <laughs> that I get to go home to the Bay yeah. and see my family. Um, but until then, you got to keep going. <laughs> All right. Well, I wish you best of luck, you know, with the end of the season, you know, the next couple of coming months, probably going to be very hectic and, and, and fun, I'm sure. Uh, of course, you know, hope you don't get any injuries as well. So you just, you know, can play as much as you can course happy new year and uh for all of those that have watched all the way at the end you know make sure to like the video subscribe as well so you get weekly tips every week from people and and leaders like like luca you know sharing their tips sharing their insights with you you know what you're gonna do now you know reach out follow up you know be active be persistent and you will have a great you know sports career so put yourself out there and uh as as a final kind of you know it's like a podcast, sporting goal podcast tradition at this point. And we talked a bit about language earlier. And 
And this time I'm gonna teach you a little bit Norwegian. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I'm still trying to learn French. And yeah, but there you go. Norwegian. Norwegian is easier anyway, so it's all good. Okay, okay, good. let's go. So, I'm up for it. Yeah, so with every video we do, we always finish with Vi snakkes, which means see you later in Norwegian. So that's what you have. What was that? <laughs> snakkes. Vi snakkes. There you go. Easy. Did I say it right? Yeah. Well done. Vi snakkes. Yeah, vi snakkes. Vi snakkes. <laughs> there you Love go. It. All right. Thank you so much, Luca. <laughs> Appreciate you. Thank you, guys.